Hello there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show. The phone number 877-973-7425. If you want to be a part of this here program. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office under the United States or any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. The Congress shall have power to enforce by appropriate legislation the provisions of this article. That is the 14th Amendment, Sections 3 and Section 5. Key language there, Section 5. Uh, There is a bat poop crazy hearing going on right now with Marjorie Taylor Greene on whether or not she was an insurrectionist and should be removed from the ballot. You need to know that the judge actually is a very progressive partisan. You also need to know that uh, there are very few legal scholars in America who think this case has any merit. The reason is because it is clear from the language of the uh, 14th Amendment's enactment and debate that it applied to Confederates and also that uh, Congress has an insurrectionary act that uh, says for this provision to apply, you must be convicted by a court of law of insurrection, which Marjorie Taylor Greene is not. Uh, There is very limited case law on this, but it goes all the way back to the 1870s where a guy was found guilty of murder and appealed the case. It went up to a circuit court. Uh, Salmon Chase, uh, the chief justice of the United States, was sitting on the circuit at the time and ruled that Congress, uh, that so the guy was found guilty of murder. He appealed because the judge had been in the Confederate Army and then gotten elected as a, as a judge, uh, an American judge. And uh, the ruling from the court says that unless the judge had been found guilty in a court of law of insurrection, that provision of the 14th Amendment didn't apply. And it is commonly held that you gotta you gotta be found guilty. So this theater that's going on that this progressive judge has allowed to happen because she's a progressive judge who routinely allows things like this to happen in defiance of the law because she's a progressive, uh, there is no merit to the case. By the way, um, it is totally, totally. Uh, on point for Marjorie Taylor Greene in her picture headed into court to be drinking an energy drink. That that is that is on point. Whether you like Marjorie Taylor Greene or not, as I mentioned the other day, whether you like Marjorie Taylor Greene or not is irrelevant to what the law is, and the law in this really is beyond dispute. Except for this one progressive judge, uh, it is beyond dispute. It is it is a little bit of a silly case, and uh, good for the. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene fighting this. She should. She should not be thrown off the ballot for this. You can defeat her, and I would vote against her if I lived in her district uh, by voting for Jennifer Strayan, uh, but this is a dumb case. Now, we must move on. There are two stories out there that I think should be read together. 
one from the Washington Post and one from the New York Times. Here is the headline from the Washington Post. Mark Meadows was simultaneously registered to vote in three states. Voterless maintenance is one of the dividing lines in American politics. Republicans argue that if voter registration records are not regularly purged and updated, election fraud can take place. Democrats push back that too many voterless purges are conducted haphazardly, removing eligible voters. Well, turns out Mark Meadows was simultaneously registered to vote in three different states, North Carolina, Virginia, and South Carolina. The overlap lasted about three weeks, and it might have continued if revelations about Meadows' voting record had not attracted scrutiny in North Carolina, Meadows is still registered in Virginia and South Carolina. Mark Meadows was a fantastic congressman for North Carolina. I know the guy. He's terrific. I, I think the world of Mark Meadows. Mark Meadows went on to become chief of staff to Donald Trump, president of the United States, and was a very good chief of staff for the president of the United States. Mark Meadows now uh, works at the uh, Conservative Partnership Institute with my friend Jim DeMint. Mark Meadows did nothing wrong. Republicans tell people all the time, clean up the voter rolls and Democrats all the time say, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're, you're suppressing voters. You're, you're, you're purging voters. This is an example of why you have to clean up your voter rolls. Mark Meadows had been registered in three different States. Mark Meadows was not committing vote fraud. Mark Meadows did not, did not vote in three different States. When people move from state to state and they register in the new state, they don't go back and cancel in the old state. They don't. People don't do that. The states should take care of it. The states should have a process by which they clean the rolls. Georgia has such a process, and Democrats for years have fought the process in Georgia, even though in Georgia, to take someone off the voter rolls, they literally must not have voted for at least minimum of seven years. Seven years. In Georgia, the rule is that if someone has not voted in three consecutive even-year elections, they are sent a notice. And then if they don't respond, they can be taken off the rolls after a year. Seven years. And that's still, Democrats say, bad. You shouldn't do it. Uh, Mark Meadows did nothing wrong. Uh, the voter rolls between North Carolina, Virginia, and South Carolina should have been cleaned up. They should have been. They were not cleaned up. That's not his fault. That's their fault. And uh, two of those states, North Carolina and Virginia, had been presided over by Democrats in the governor's mansion. And we should note that Democrats don't like cleaning up the voter rolls. So don't blast Mark Meadows for Democrats' screw-ups, which is what they're doing. But then that goes into this. Barack Obama taking on a new role, fighting disinformation. This is from the New York Times. In 2011, President Barack Obama swept into Silicon Valley and yucked it up with Mark Zuckerberg, Facebook's founder. The occasion was a town hall with the social network's employees that covered the burning issues of the day, taxes, healthcare, the promise of technology to save the nation's problems. More than a decade later, Mr. Obama is making another trip to Silicon Valley, this time with a grimmer message about the threat that the tech giants have created to the nation itself. You mean he was fine with tech 
when he got elected, but became opposed to it when Donald Trump got elected. In a speech to Sanford University on Thursday, he's expected to add his voice to demands for rules to rein in the flood of lies polluting public discourse. The urgency of the crisis, the Internet's demand for crazy, as he put it recently, has already pushed him further than he was ever prepared to go as president to take on social media. You mean now that Republicans have figured out how to play the Democrats game on social media, now it's a problem. I mean, this is relevant here to the Mark Meadows story. You've got a bunch of people on social media pushing out that Mark Meadows was registered in three different states as if it was a malicious way to commit voter fraud. Uh, There's your disinformation and misinformation from the left, and Twitter's going to leave it because it's progressive saying it. Suddenly, he's concerned. Y'all, I want you to know something. I got my account suspended on Twitter a while back because I told the truth. They on the left complain about disinformation and misinformation. I told the truth. I told the truth. I said Laurel Hubbard, the weightlifter from New Zealand, is a biological male. That is a true and factual statement. And Twitter suspended my account for saying it. The problem is not misinformation or disinformation. The problem is saying truths that are true that the left doesn't like. Look at all the people who got their accounts suspended for saying true things about COVID. The number of ways that uh, the science has evolved over time. A lot of people remember um, there were people telling you on Twitter and they got their accounts turned off that you don't need to wear a mask outside. And then Dr. Fauci said it and suddenly, oh, Our bad. This happens all the time. Is there a problem with people lying? Yes, but you know what? There's always been a problem with people lying. Barack Obama's the man who told you if you liked your doctor, you could keep your doctor. Yeah, Barack Obama did that. Barack Obama lied about Obamacare. Barack Obama actually had an advisor uh, brag about setting up a campaign to spread their spin on the Iran deal and using reporters to lie for them. And he's the guy who's upset about disinformation now that it doesn't work to his advantage. This seems to be the way it always works, is it not? That they come in and they start screaming about disinformation and misinformation the moment something stops working for them. The left likes to have these advantages, and the moment it stops working for them, suddenly they're like, ah, we got to stop this stuff. This is disinformation, misinformation. But it's not really. It's just they don't like it. They don't like that they no longer have the competitive advantages they might have once had. Look, uh, there are real problems with people telling stuff. I, I, I get this all the time. Uh, the, the number of people who who send me uh, election fraud stuff based on that Jordan Pulitzer guy who's just, a, a, as far as I'm concerned, a con artist. I mean, the, the guy, he changed his name. He, he doesn't really know what he's talking about. He's not the expert he claims to be. And, and he puts out these well-packaged things. People are like, look, it's true. See his evidence. Not really. Not if you know what you're looking at and looking for. There is a problem. I, I get all the time people mad at me for pointing out that something they believe isn't true. Because they've seen it on the internet. It must be true. And inevitably, it's someone who's in their 50s or 60s or or older 
who they get someone in front of a green screen filmed on an iPhone and they think it looks professionally produced. It must be true. Why would you put that much effort into making a lie look real? And actually, it can be done very cheap these days. And people buy it. It's a problem. But the solution is not censorship. The solution is more truthful information. And the problem here is overwhelmingly what the left doesn't like is that you and I see the same information as them and we come to a different conclusion. But also, they don't like it that you and I can get access to information they don't want us to have. So Taylor Lawrence, I mentioned this yesterday, Taylor Lorenz or Lawrence, whatever, uh, from the Washington Post. She's a Twitter troll they keep giving jobs to for reasons that that uh, just baffle me. She did a story on the woman who runs the libs of TikTok account where she just, the woman who runs the account just uh, highlights the crazy teachers on Twitter and the crazy things they say. Let me read you one of the passages from Taylor Lawrence's story. Tyler Wren, a former English teacher in Oklahoma, posted a video telling LGBTQ kids shunned by their parents that Wren was proud of them and loved them. It was featured on Libs of TikTok last week. Since being featured on the page, Wren has been barraged with harassment and death threats and I believe now has lost his job. You know what Taylor Lawrence doesn't do? If you were here yesterday, I spent time on a story about Shanghai and played you all the video excerpts from the Washington Post story. Oddly enough, Taylor Lawrence's story doesn't have any of the videos. I mean, they're all TikTok. She could embed them in her story, the digital Washington Post, but she didn't. Maybe it's because this guy, Taylor Lawrence, what, what, he, what he actually said, or not Taylor, T Tyler Wren, actually said is, if your parents don't accept you for who you are, F them. I'm your parents now. That's what the teacher said. Another teacher featured by Libs of TikTok uh, showed how she had taken down the American flag because it made her feel uncomfortable and was making her kids do the Pledge of Allegiance to the gay pride flag. That teacher also got punished. And that's Taylor Lawrence doesn't want to show you that. Brian Stelter had one of the supposed victims of the account on his program. He didn't want to play her video either, where she was filled up with misinformation and disinformation about the Florida law that he never wanted to correct. A guy who obsesses about disinformation from Fox News did not want to correct this teacher's disinformation, but instead allowed her on to perpetuate the disinformation. They're not opposed to disinformation. They're not opposed to misinformation. They are opposed to you finding out facts that compete with their narrative. Hello there. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Uh, at the bottom of this hour at 1.30, I'm sending out a recipe. It's a Cuban uh, mojo pork roast. It's a very good recipe. Uh, you can uh, get it by texting the word Eric. I'm sorry, no, no. Text the word recipe, singular recipe. Text recipe to 33777. Uh, sign up uh, for the recipe list and you will get this free of charge. You can you can, you can can do the $30 a year. I got to charge something on Substack. You can do it for free. If you do the 30, that helps me buy all the ingredients and do the recipes and all that sort of stuff, but you don't have to. Uh, just go to uh, text Eric. I'm sorry, text recipe to 33777 and you will get uh, the link to the recipes. Uh, you can sign up. They are delivered to your email inbox every week. And today in, oh, about three minutes or so, three or four minutes, I'm going to send out the 
Cuban Mojo pork recipe. It's actually really good. It's got uh, cilantro and oranges and limes and mint and cloves and oregano, and it's really flavorful. It really is flavorful and very, very tender. It makes a fantastic sandwich this weekend when you're wondering. I may make this for the front porch for Sunday. Coming to think of it, I actually, I, I, I didn't do the fried shrimp tacos last Sunday, so I may need to do those this Sunday. I don't know. Tens on whether Jeff is coming or not. Uh, Jeff is a friend of mine who's a better golfer than me who occasionally comes down, whose wife wants me to make the Krispy Kreme bread pudding recipe if he comes so that he can take home the leftovers. And so the moment he says he's coming, I got to go to Krispy Kreme. All right, we got other stuff to talk about. I got to play this clip for you because it kind of sets up the stage of where we're headed here. This is from MSNBC. Yes, MSNBC. Again, just to underscore the point, you mentioned it. Here's the generic ballot right now. If you average our NBC polling, we've taken this a few times this year. On average, Republicans right now leading the generic ballot by a point. You know, in 2018, at this same point, it was Democrats leading by it. You could yep. see that wave coming in 2018. That one point Democratic lead was very shaky in 2010. You could see Bush's big year for Republicans coming in 02. And you go back to 94. And again, it was 94 was a little different. This was the start of all of this sort of right. the president comes in, loses control in the midterm. Right. You couldn't quite see it coming in 94. But since then, you have been able to. Yeah, you're, we're, we're, we're seeing we're seeing these waves and they're fascinating to me. We see the generic ballots. The only the only uh, generic ballot that has the Democrats in the lead is the YouGov poll. And a lot of pollsters have even said uh, their methodology for the polling is wrong. Democratic pollsters are saying, actually, that, well, they would love for it to be right. Their methodology is wrong, given the, the dynamics of the people that, they, uh, that they're polling. Uh, YouGov has Democrats up five. Harvard-Harris, Republicans up six. Quinnipiac, Republicans up four. Rasmussen, Republicans up eight. Uh, Politico, Democrats up one. D uh, Economist YouGov, Democrats up five. Uh, Trafalgar, Republicans up nine. The polling average is Republicans up three and a half percent in the generic ballot, which is not good. And it corresponds to Joe Biden, who has a uh, negative 13% differential between approval and disapproval. And the polling average... Joe Biden's approval rating is at 40.8%. His disapproval is at 53.8%. Uh, this is actually really, really bad because it is only, uh, it's exactly one point from Joe Biden's lowest polling average ever. Uh, doom for the Democrats, and they know it. We will get to that, but first, when we come back, we need to talk about the woke corporations of America and what they're doing. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of the program? Uh, I want to actually spend a little more time on the woke corporation situation beyond Disney. I want to start this by saying I'm not sure what the solution is. I, I really, I, and th this is one of the things that frustrates me because normally I have a good idea of what to do. And the only thing I can come up with is is do what Republicans are doing, and, and I don't know that that's the right thing. And, and so I want to take a step back and see if I can I, I can work through this one. Maybe, maybe with you guys, I don't know. Um, but there is a problem. 
conservatives have actually won. And I don't know why everybody's so angry other than people got to fundraise, people got to raise money or some such. But conservatives have actually fairly well uh, won. I mean, we've got a Supreme Court with a 6-3 conservative majority, 5 if you assume Roberts is mushy. We're about to take the House and the Senate, probably take the White House in 2024, given the Democrats in disarray. Uh, Republicans control a majority of state legislators, legislatures, the majority of state gubernatorial mansions. But uh, as we've been doing this, we've laid out a, a free market case. Everybody uh, engages in arm-length transactions. And we arrive at the best solution through the arm's-length transactions. Well, what we've been doing this, we've been allowing the Fortune 500 over time to get good deals. And I guess therein lies the solution. The Fortune 500 has gotten very good deals from a lot of Republicans. I mean, here in Georgia, Republican and Democratic governors alike, up until Brian Kemp, uh, went out of their way to encourage uh, businesses to move into the state by giving them very, very favorable deals. And Kemp, to a degree, has with some businesses, but not nearly to the extent as, as prior governors who went out of their way to lure the Fortune 500 to Georgia. And the result was the Fortune 500 came and also brought their liberal employees. Um, I, and, and I just, I'm, they shifted the state, but at the same time, while Republicans were giving great favorable deals to these companies, progressives were embedding within the companies and progressives were, uh, taking over HR departments. And then the, the progressives in the HR departments were hiring their friends from the women and gender studies departments to come in and do the woke diversity, equity, and inclusion programs to teach all the white Christians uh, who worked at the companies and the black Christians and the Hispanic Christians that they were oppressors or oppressed and they were Christian bigots and they needed to be more open and tolerant and diverse and shake them down and said, give money to our causes, give money to our uh, activist groups on the left, give them to the, the gay rights group that funds the the Democrats, give them to the teachers union groups that funds the Democrats, give them to the Black Lives Matter group that funds the Democrats, and fund the Democrats through the corporations. And also maybe re-educate you and indoctrinate you. Then at the same time, they were coming for the schools. They took over the academy. You know, a lot of private schools in America, private high schools, are far more woke than the public schools. The public schools have a layer of accountability. What's so fascinating to me is the, is the rich white private schools, the administrators uh, become tone deaf to the parents who pay the bills. Say, well, you don't have to go here. Public schools are bad, but man, there are a lot of private schools. Uh, here in the metro Atlanta area, the number of private schools that have gone woke is amazing, astonishing. We got one here. It's, it's one of the larger private schools in the country, and it's got military ties and they downplay that now for fear of triggering the students. It's bizarre. And so then what happens is the progressives get into these companies. Uh, the CEOs are progressives, and they're way more sympathetic to the progressives. And so when the progressives say, hey, uh, you need to tell Georgia, don't you pass this law, or you need to not do business in Texas, the, the corporations are inclined to go with them. 
because the progressives are now in charge. And in uh, at the same time, you've got Democratic states that are bullish. You know, there is not a Republican state that I know of that has a law or an executive order that says you cannot do business in California or New York. But California has an executive order enforced by the state that you cannot spend public money in eight states, uh, Georgia, Mississippi, Texas, Florida, uh, Tennessee, uh, the both of the Dakotas and one other one because they've all passed uh, transgender sports bans. Oklahoma is now another one, so nine. Um, so it, it, it's these progressive states saying you can't, you're not allowed as a state employee to do business in these states. I don't know of a Republican state that does that. So you've got uh, Democratic states bullying conservative states. You've got corporations bullying conservative states. You've got uh, the academy trying to indoctrinate students and bully conservative states. And conservatives have said, enough. We created through our policies a stable business environment so you could thrive. And now you're going to take that and embrace the ideals of the very people who hate the free market. Enough. So in Florida, they've stood up. You know, in in Georgia, they were willing to uh, take Delta's uh, tax status away over gas because Delta opposed a Second Amendment bill and then got betrayed by some of the leaders in the state legislature and and it didn't go away. But occasionally you have these moments stand up and I I just, I kind of think we should start with the premise of stop giving good deals to businesses. Make them play on a level playing field. Make the small business and the big business beholden to the same rules and regulations. What's good for the goose should be good for the gander. What's good for the Fortune 500 company should be good for Main Street. And if you're going to impose regulations on Main Street, impose them on the big guy too. Maybe give the little guy less regulatory headache than the big guy. But those the, the companies are 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 now embracing left wing ideals and and they're advancing wokeism. I mean the diversity, equity, inclusion stuff. Listen, I know people who say, well, yeah, they make you go through this stuff, but does it change anybody's mind? No. But why the hell should I have to go through it? You know, I refuse to go through it. it it's not in my contract at my office that they can't make me go to the DEI event. And in fact, I went one time and was so disruptive, polite, but disruptive. They made me leave one time. They made me do it on my own and remote. And I read the questions over there. It was great radio. Honestly, I was letting the listeners call it and decide. But why should we have to go through that? We are grown people. Why should we be lectured by some college grad who can't get a get a job outside the human resources department on diversity, equity, and inclusion? Why should we be lectured by these people? We are because that's the only way they make money. They got to have a job somewhere. And so their friends in HR hire them to come in and do the workshops on diversity, equity, and inclusion and belittle the employees, black, white, you name it, belittle them. The only way to win is to not play the game. And the left has known for a long time because the right is very laissez-faire when it comes to the economy, when it comes to business, the right was going to say, yeah, live and let live. We don't, we're not going to, we're not going to change our minds. We'll just suck it up and go through the program. And at this point, there are enough pissed off people out there. that are like, no, I'm going to fight back. 
and I can't blame them. I think the strategy is wrong, but I don't have a better one. And so that's the one we got to go with. I don't have, I, I got, got a philosophical problem with the Florida legislature taking away the tax deal because Disney spoke up. I don't have a problem with the Florida legislature taking away preferential tax treatment for any major company that puts that company at an advantage over its competitors. I don't. They should not have it. It lasted too long. It was a good idea to begin with and a bad idea now. Good for them getting rid of it. I have a problem with them premising getting it, giving it away or taking it away based on Disney speaking up, but concurrent to that i don't have a better solution so do it somebody give me a better solution to the problem and ultimately one of the problems here is the people who could come up with the the solutions think well it's not a really big deal because you're not going to change your mind going to the dei i shouldn't have to go to the dei thing to begin with neither should you to be belittled by your moral superiors telling you that your beliefs are racist when they're not Telling you that, you well, you need to be more mindful of someone's pronouns. No, the hell you don't. Be mindful of basic English grammar, for God's sakes. And if that's what they're going to do, I don't have a problem fighting back. I don't have a problem with people who want to fight back. I may not want to engage in myself. And there are, frankly, boundaries that you and I as people of faith, we can't. Our ways aren't their ways. Their certain behavior, we can't go along with. Duplicitousness. Things like lying, deceit. I mean, the, the Bible is very clear. If you're a Christian, there are certain ways the world behaves in which you can't engage. But I know it's going to happen. I know it is. Look at the doxing that's going on out there. The doxing is when you reveal a private person's information online so that people can harass that person. It happened with the Libs of TikTok account. You know, the Washington Post denies it happened. They actually put in the woman who owns the account, they put in all of her contact information in the story and then deleted it when someone pointed it out. And they denied that they ever did it when they had. And then you got Brian Stelter on CNN. Well, maybe, maybe. I mean, this is a life or death issue for gay kids. Maybe it's worth it. I just think you can't expect the right to sit on their hands and have the left advance through corporate America, the the agendas they can't advance through the government. The government can't censor because of the First Amendment. So the left has glommed onto corporations and having the the corporations do the censorship, the government can't. And so I understand the right's desire to fight back and say, you people are calling my truthful statement misinformation or disinformation. I'm coming for you. I can't blame them. I may wish for a better alternative. I may wish for a better solution, but not acting is not a solution right now because the left continues to advance. So give me a better solution to fight back against woke corporations. And right now, here I am saying it. I think perhaps the best solution is to do what Florida did to Disney, even as I don't know that it'll be upheld in court. And at least by doing it, they may deter other corporations from speaking up on behalf of the wokes, the smallest group of people in America that have a disproportionate power and say, and I mean, fight back. I think they're going to have to. Now, I want to go to the phones because Scott has some ideas on this. Scott, welcome to the program. How are you? Hi, Eric. So just want to let you know, my mom and dad met each other at Northwestern University in Natchitoches, Louisiana. My sister was born in Natchitoches. I grew up on Natchitoches meat pies. And for Thanksgiving, after we would eat our Thanksgiving turkey, well, chicken and dressing, 
in Longview, Texas, we would drive down to Natchitoches, and because we're all full of stuffing, we would have <laughs> shrimp gumbo, chicken gumbo for Thanksgiving. So, yeah, <laughs> nice. I know where you grew up. <laughs> Excellent. Good. So, uh, talking to your call screener about uh, you, you did the same thing to me that Rush did to a lot of people. You said what my idea was before I even got to say it on the air. <laughs> That's all right. So, what is it? <laughs> yeah, you learn from the best. The idea is stop giving all the. You shouldn't have to give a tax break to a company to attract them. If yeah. you want to attract a company, the best thing you can do is say, "Hey, look." We already have all the skilled workers you need for you to build a successful business. The one of the worst things that a company has a problem with is finding the skilled workers that they need to fill their open job positions. If uh-huh. you can't find the skilled people, then you I mean, how do how do you expect to attract a good company? Right. But most politicians don't want to to do that because that's hard work. It sh- you have to do a lot of cooperation. You have to work with schools. You have to work with colleges. You have to work with tech uh, tech schools. You have to actually show, how, oh, look, we need machinists. We need welders. We need people who have these technical skill jobs in our area. And there's too many politicians. They don't want to work that hard. They want the yeah. quick, easy way of, hey, we'll just give you a tax break because that's simple. But yep. simple is usually not the best answer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And then they come in with disproportionate clout because of all the tax breaks that you've given them. Scott, that's a great idea. It really is. We, we got to, I mean, build a good economy with a great workforce and attract the businesses that way. And instead of trying to just give them some favorable tax incentive to try to come into the deal and then go eat a Natchitoches meat pie like Scott and I do. All right, before I get out of here, look, I've gotten some questions and, and I want to, Go off script here for just a moment. Um, I have for years said that unlike other conservative uh, talk show hosts, I wasn't just going to tell you to go invest in gold and silver and precious metals in large part because I, I didn't think given the economy we've had that it was worth doing. But our economy is headed back into the 1970s. And in the 1970s, precious metals were a good resource for people uh, who needed alternate investments outside the stock market or the bond market. And you got to be able to protect your retirement savings. We're seeing 40-year high inflation interest rate hikes, uh, in uh, increases in gas prices. I think precious metals are better, more stable than uh, like crypto that so many young people are going into. I'm a big fan of precious metal investing at a time of uh, geopolitical instability around the world, particularly when we're back in the Carter economy. And, and what hadn't been really a necessarily a good fit for the last 30 years suddenly is again. If you got $50,000 or more for your IRA, your 401k, or other retirement savings, your money could be at risk, and you don't have a lot of options. You can protect the money with actual physical gold and silver. Don't trust those companies that give you a certificate claiming that you will own this stuff. Actually, go with a company where you actually can get physical gold and silver. Uh, GoldCo is one of those companies. That's why I like them. Call 855-904-5933. You're going to get a free wealth protection kit. Learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings, and many are getting $10,000 or more. 
in free silver for doing it. Call my friends at GoldCo. Find out how you qualify for their special offer. GoldCo has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation, stock market crashes. They can help you. See if they're a good fit for you. Just talk to them. 855-904-5933. Or better yet, if you just text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to the number 33777, I will send you Gold Coast number. Text Eric, E-R-I-C-K, to 33777. I'll send you their number. Hello there. Welcome. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you want to be on the program, let's see here. I want to go back to the phone. Well, you know what? I don't have, I've only got a minute. Uh, so I'm not going to go back to the phones because I would be doing all of you a disservice. So when we come back, uh, then I will start the show with phone calls and we got to get into the data, um, because the Democrats are having some heartburn. I want to actually spend a little bit of time on the Georgia elections because, you know, I live in Georgia, but it's national news story and there's something that hasn't happened. And I'm actually start with that after the phone calls. There's something that has not happened in Georgia. That is actually really, really relevant uh, that you guys nationally, uh, every night you watch Fox or CNN or MSNBC even, God forbid, uh, and they talk about the Georgia election stuff. There's something that hasn't happened in Georgia that I actually think is probably the most important thing out of Georgia. We'll get to it. But right now, HBO has grown to nearly 77 million total subscribers as Netflix is in decline. And you know what Netflix solution is? One, crack down on password shares. But two, try to boost the quality of their content. A lot of it's crap, frankly. You know what they actually should do, even though I don't like it and it's not my thing? More reality-style series because Netflix gets a lot of subscribers for unscripted reality stuff. And they want to go back to, like, trying to do HBO. But HBO already does HBO, so do something different. 